Well, good morning, church. It is such a joy and honor to open and share God's word with you. Uh, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 23, um, and our message for today is called The Good Shepherd. Uh, my name is Philip Afori Darko, and I have the joy and privilege of serving as your youth coordinator here at Hope Church Mississauga. So, uh, we grew up. Uh, you know, choosing a favorite animal. We grew up watching uh, Lion King, my brothers and I, and I really loved the lion. It was no contest that the lion was my favorite animal. They were strong and fast and beautiful and had beard. And if I was to ask you what your favorite animal was, some of you guys will say like wolf or dog or giraffe or eagle or, you know, cheetah or tiger or something. But not many of us would actually want to choose sheep. You see, sheep are not the wisest of animals. Uh, they often don't know the difference between a kitchen and a bathroom. Uh, they get lost easily. They are defenseless and weak from predators. They are slow creatures, needy. They get lost easily in need of guidance. However, God's word in our psalm today, the believer is referred to as a sheep. And that's simply because of the fact that no matter how strong we want to become, how fast or wise or cunning or how defensive we can be or desire to be, we are all like sheep. We are needy, weak, helpless creatures who need guidance. See, in this psalm, uh, Psalm 23, this is an encouragement and reminder that God is a provider, that God gives us peace when we are afraid, and that God is someone that we long to be with and feel at home with. God is all these things. These are all things that we as human beings, as sheep, need. And as long as we let God be our shepherd, we will have access to all God's Goodness. If there's one thing that I want you to take away from this message today, it's this, that we won't experience God's goodness unless we let God shepherd us. We won't experience God's goodness unless we let God shepherd us. I want to share with you three reasons why we should let God shepherd us. So let's pray, and then we're going to get into our passage. And so, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word that you have spoken and that you still speak. I pray that you may be through, that you may speak through me and give clarity as I preach your word. May this be an act of worship. May hearts be encouraged. And I pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. So our first reason why we should let God shepherd us is that God's shepherding gives us his provision. God's shepherding gives us his provision. And so when understanding the text, actually, let's first read Psalm 23, verses 1 to 3 first. David says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me to paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so for us to have an understanding of this passage or any passage in general, it's first understanding, you know, the author and who the author is speaking to, but it's also good to have context on the author himself. David calls the Lord being his shepherd. David is a king. You see, kings don't really have to answer to no one. Uh, some of our rulers today and leaders today don't answer to 
anyone. We, we all know the history of David and how he was given into sin and temptation and the consequences when he abused his power. No leader has ever arrive no leader has to knows it all or knows everything to not depend on the sources and aids and partners that God has given us in our lives David as king still needs God as his shepherd he led Israel but yet God who instituted his position as king David still needs a shepherd no matter what position you have been brought in whether it's in your family or or job or society you need God to shepherd you. You need God to lead you through the means that he has given you, your aids and your partners, your supports. You need them. David also said, it's, it's, it's the Lord who is a shepherd, capital L-O-R-D. This is Yahweh, God's covenant name given to Moses and then to the people of Israel to be remembered throughout all generations. God is basically saying that I am what I am. I, he is who he says he is, that God is faithful covenant keeper, that he is powerful, that he is most wise, eternal, self-sufficient. God doesn't need any help or advice in shepherding us. I can't counsel God to, to lead me in the way that's best for me. God knows what is best. He is omniscient. God knows what we need way before we even need it or want it. You see, the believer, the sheep, should not be in want so long as God is shepherding us. When we are in want, when we find ourselves in want, it's actually because we are not trusting God as our shepherd. And I don't want to confuse that with prayer, uh, because with prayer we are thanking God for who he is, and we are asking God for what we need and want. But to not be in want is to trust God with the answer, to trust God with his plans and purposes for us, to be in agreement with his response, whether it's yes, no, or not yet, to not be in want is to trust God with his answer. And why should a believer not be in want? Well, David lists four things that God does without our permission that supplies all our needs. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When it comes to lying down, I don't have any kids, but I hear from parents that it's pretty hard to put their kids to bed. Like they're so fidgety at night. They always want food or water or they try to prolong them going to bed or something's come up and they can't sleep. Sheep are almost no different. Besides all the negative quirks that sheep have, one of the positives that they have is that they have great facial recognition, much better than my iPhone. They can tell sheep apart, even though to us they all look the same. And so if they have beef or tension with another sheep, they're not going to want to lay down next or near that sheep. If flies or bugs are pestering them, then, then they're not going to want to lie down. If they're hungry or thirsty, they're not going to want to lie down. And if they have fear and anxiety, they're not going to lie down. The shepherd has to separate and coddle and tend and make sure each sheep is cared and accounted for before the sheep goes to sleep and gets rest. The shepherd cares so much for the sheep's rest that he will do everything in his power to make sure that sheep can rest. God knows that we need rest. Some of you have got a lot of rest in COVID because you weren't working. 
and but yet it caused a lot of fear and anxiety of the unknown. Some of you worked twice or even three times as much in this season of COVID and you're just dying for rest. God knows, Yahweh sees, he will give us rest when we need, even when we don't want it. God will give it to us. He makes us lie down. God also leads us to still waters. God provides for us. God gives us everything we need to be refreshed and, and encouraged. He doesn't bring us to stale, mucky, dirty Canadian geese water, but he brings us to still, Russian, flowing, clean, and clear water. God gives the things and people in our lives to refresh us, to quench us, to have us satisfied in God. And God restores our souls. The, the, the phrase means to bring from death, to bring someone back to life, or bring someone on the path to death and destruction back on the proper way of life. And so sheep, when they get sheared, sometimes they get itchy. You know, I do my own hair and I get itchy as well. And a sheep will try and deal with an itch, but in its attempt to deal with an itch, it will turn and turn and be all the way upside down. And the sheep is trying to gnaw its way back to try and flip back over, but they're not the smartest of creatures. They don't know how to do that well. And so sometimes a sheep will be in that position and, and in a couple hours, a sheep will die. All the blood will flow to the head. The shepherd has to go around and make sure all the sheep are right side up. And if the sheep's not right side up, then he'll flip the sheep right side up, restore the sheep back to life. God makes sure to bring us back to him when we are leading or are living in wicked ways that result in death. God brings us godly conviction and grief and godly people to bring about conviction so that we repent. And when we repent of our sins, we are forgiven and cleansed and removed from the guilt and shame. God cleans us all the way down to our conscience or our very souls when we repent of our sin. God reminds us of who we are in Christ, forgiven and justified. We just got to restore the relationship with God when we sin. And God does this all for his name's sake. Yahweh's name is on the line here. In Isaiah chapter 48, verse 11, he says this, for my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profane? My glory, I will not give to another. He who began a good work in us will complete it. God is faithful, powerful, self-sufficient to perfectly, perfectly provide for all of his sheep. God gets all the glory when we walk in obedience in our lives. And he'll give us the rest, encouragement, nourishment, and, and, and will also have us continue walking in obedience. Are you submitting to God's provision to lead you? Um, Matthew Henry says this when I was studying. He said, if God be to us as shepherd, then we must also be as sheep. We must be people, believers who are submissive to God's intentions and plans for us, trusting that God is providing everything that we need and may not always give us what we want. It is the promised covenant keeper, Yahweh, who gives us these things. Again, our big idea was that we must we, we won't experience God's goodness unless we let God 
shepherd us. If we let God shepherd us, only goodness awaits us. It's, it's Yahweh we're talking about. So God shepherding gives us his provision and God shepherding also gives us his peace. This is our second reason why we should let God shepherd us. And so look with me now in verse four. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so in the wisdom of God to, to bring us two green pastures and still waters, it is also in God's wisdom, care and love for us that he has us walk through valleys of the shadow of death. In the winter seasons, the shepherd will bring the sheep through valleys for water and food and safe pasture. But yet all the other animals who could prey on sheep are also getting there. They're, they're also in the valleys as well. And so death can literally be in a shadow waiting to prey on a sheep. And this reminds me again of Lion King. And, and so in Lion King, uh, two cubs, Simba and Nala, the main, main characters, they are, well, Simba wants to test his strength and he goes to the elephant graveyard, a dark, foggy place, reeking of death, home of the hyenas. And they almost die and lose their lives there. They're a young lion, so they can't defend themselves from fully grown hyenas. And although they have jumped in there voluntarily, Sometimes we feel that we've been swept into these situations when we are in pain and suffering or seasons that feel like death. And you may ask yourself, like, how does a sovereign God, a sovereign good God and shepherd allow for me to walk through these seasons? And we'll find God's goodness if we look at verse four a little bit more closely. David says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, I've heard this phrase said by a lot of people in my time and, and uh, especially Christians. And it kind of bothers me when people say that I've gone through hell or I've suffered the most. And of course, I don't want to downplay the suffering that you have gone through. Some of you have greatly suffered, whether it's in your past, whether you're suffering right now, or whether you will suffer soon. God promises that all of us will experience suffering. All of this happens simply because we live in a fallen world, and we also bring about pain and suffering when we ourselves sin as well. And it started all the way back in the Garden of Eden. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, they were made in the green pasture. They had everything they needed to walk in obedience to God. God, God called them to keep, to keep until the land and, and to not eat of the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And despite all of God's goodness for them, Satan tempted them to think that God was not good, that he was holding out on them. God promised that they would surely die if they ate of that fruit. Marred relationship with God, marred relationship with themselves and each other, promised to lead a life leading to death. But they still ate. They ate of that fruit. And their relationship with God marred. They were cursed, kicked out of the garden. And we live with the effects of original sin. We are all sheep who have gone astray from God. Simply part of living in this world is living with the effects of original sin 
and also living with the effects and consequences of our own sin. Yet, in God's goodness, we do not, we only go through death's shadow. We suffer, but not to the full extent of what you and I deserve. We don't deserve a green pasture. We don't deserve still waters. We deserve to go straight to death itself. The valley of the shadow of death is temporary and it's also necessary part of our route, but not our destination. And so there's some people who may say that, you know, you shouldn't suffer, you just need more faith. The Christian should not suffer. God loves you too much. You didn't give enough money to the church. That is false. God assures us, he has granted to us that we suffer for Christ's sake. Let us humble ourselves to the fact that suffering is mandatory for all of God's sheep, but yet it is temporary and it's not to the full extent to what we deserve for yours and my sin. And God doesn't also call us to flee from the seasons of pain and suffering, but he calls us to not fear. Again, in verse 4b, David says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God doesn't leave us in these seasons, but he comforts us instead. Jackie Dawson painted this beautiful painting and he based it off of John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace and the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And you have this painting here with a thunderstorm and, and water gushing and this bird's just chilling in his nest, unfazed by what's going on. This is a beautiful picture of what it looks like for believers to have peace in the season of pain and suffering. We go through valleys as well. This is what it ought to look like for us. David mentions he's first comforted by God's presence but he's also comforted by God ensures God's peace. What God actually does when we're in these valleys, and David speaks from experience. He was a shepherd. David mentioned that he used to beat down lions and, and bears when they tried to go after the sheep. And what David is referring to is a shepherd's crook. And it's this, this, this staff that, 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 that shepherds will beat down animals that try to go after sheep. And the hook is used to guide the sheep back to the flock, ensure that the sheep are protected and ensure that the sheep make it out of the valley as well. You and I can be encouraged by the peace and comfort we have from God, knowing that God protects us from the worst possible outcome we deserve and ensures that we'll make it out of the valley as well. Even in some cases, it means that believers fall asleep or die. God promises us an eternal security. The physical will all pass away. And this is why we can have peace through any season of our lives. And this even deepens our relationship with God when we go through these seasons. David starts off by singing and penning this Psalm as speaking to God. He makes me lie down, he leads me, but now he goes to say, you, you comfort me. Our relationship with God and our affection for God grows deeper and grows more when we experience and understand God's love for us, even in our worst possible moments. Are you trusting God in this season? Are you trusting God right now? 
or are you overcome with with the fear of the unknown and assuming the worst possible outcome is what is going to happen to you we don't gain peace by being anxious it doesn't add another hour minute to our life we gain peace by entrusting ourselves to god's mercy and finding comfort in his love for us as he shepherd us again it is yahweh who is leading us so god's shepherding gives us his provision god's shepherding gives us his peace and for our third reason why believers should let god shepherd us is this that god's shepherding gives us his presence god's shepherding gives us his presence look at me now in verse five and six David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, after the winter seasons, the shepherd has a, a route already planned for his sheep to bring the sheep to a pasture for the spring and summer seasons where the sheep can, can glean and, and graze and, and, and live for that season. It's a sign of favor for the sheep. And we get a picture as well in light of the fact that God is with us. He shows us favor and he gives us grace despite our enemy's intention to harm, persecute, and ridicule us. The same ones who would prowl upon us in the valley, who want to see us despair or die or to not believe in our Lord as shepherd. God graces us in their presence as well. David refers to oil and an overflowing cup. And that's just a picture of God's choice favor and blessing on those that he has chosen and anointed. God's presence with his sheep is to show time and time again his grace for us, despite the fact that we ourselves have been, you know, ridiculed and persecuted by other people in this world, those who hate us for loving Christ. And we also get a picture of vindication as well. You see, persecution for our faith assures us that we're still of the faith. We're reminded of our hope in the gospel that Christ is coming back to make all things right. We also get an encouragement, encouraging discomfort. You see, as nice as it is to die in the presence of our enemies, to receive grace and favor from God despite our enemies' attempt to harm us or cause us to despair, uh, we still are there with our enemies. We are given just enough grace, just a little bit of heaven, to long for heaven, to be reminded that earth is not our home, that we are to be with God in heaven ultimately forever. God just gives us a little bit of it so that we long for him. Never should we grow complacent of living on earth, growing in our desire for earthly graces and, and favors and think that this is it. This is not it. This is all going to pass away. Heaven is our death. The nation. We should respond how David does in verse 6. In light of God preparing a table for my enemies, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's favor and blessing through his presence with us in our lives should give us enough confidence to be sure that God is going to continue being faithful to us in our lives and to also assure us that we are going to be with our Savior forever in 
heaven. And God assures this and accomplishes this through the gospel. You see, we were all disobedient sheep who have gone astray. We have intentionally left our shepherd to go after what we desire to chase. And God says this for us in John chapter 10, verses 14 to 16. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. See, it was necessary for God to leave heaven and to come to earth to die for his flock, to bring us to his fold. We can just walk through the psalm now. You see, we are able to have rest, be, be brought to still waters, to be restored and, and to walk in obedience because Jesus had no place to lay his head. He has given us living water. He has restored, redeemed, forgiven us for our sin by his death on the cross and has given us his spirit so that we walk in obedience. Even when it comes to the valley of the shadow of death, you know, we go through the valley of the shadow of death, but Christ went to death itself. He died on the cross for yours and my sin. Jesus tasted death for everyone who believes in him. You and I deserve hell, but Jesus took that hell for us when he died on the cross for our sin. He also ensures us that we will not get lost in uh, uh, the, the valleys as well. God has given us his word, his church, and his spirit to guide us and shepherd us and counsel us to continue living life pure in this dark and defiled world. We receive favor, oil, and an overflowing cup that surely follows us all the days of our life because Jesus lived the perfect life and he has given us his perfect status, his grace, unmerited favor is given to us. God treats us as if we were perfect. God treats us just as if I'd never sinned. He treats you as if just if you have never sinned. We have all been forgiven through Christ so long as we have faith in him. He has earned us his grace and favor in our lives. We've been adopted by God through belief in Christ. And as just as the shepherd was risen from the dead and ascended into heaven, every single sheep that has placed faith in Christ will also resurrect and be with God as well in heaven. And so to close, you may be asking yourself like, okay, I understand being shepherded and, and leaded, led here on earth, but like, what about heaven? Will that change? Will things change? The answer is no. In fact, it's gonna get even better when we see God face to face. In Revelation chapter seven, verses 16 to 17, it says this, they, which is us, shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore, for the sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat, for the lamb is in the midst of the throne, will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is our joy and our 
hope that we have in God's presence, God's provision and peace that he gives us now on earth because we lack those things is found totally in him, fully in him, eternally, and we won't even have things like hunger or thirst or pain anymore or sadness. Every tear will be wiped. We get God's goodness without any of the drawbacks of living in a fallen world. You got to ask yourself, do you want this? Again, we won't experience God's goodness unless we let God shepherd us. Are you hoping and rejoicing and longing to be with your shepherd? We first, we gotta submit to God's good intentions that God will provide for all of our needs and not always our wants. We also need to trust in God's love for us that he is still with us. He hasn't changed when we go through seasons of suffering and pain, that our relationship with God deepens and grows when we're in these seasons. And then we also got to long, thank, and rejoice God for all the blessings he gives us and the favor he bestows upon us despite facing persecution and ridicule. That's how we follow our shepherd. Yahweh is leading us to himself. He will surely do it. Let's pray together now. So Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much, Lord, that you are a good shepherd. We thank you, Lord, that you have died for our sin, that you have brought us to your fold, that you provide for us everything that we need, that we don't even need to be in want, but yet you still hear our cries and requests of you, but yet you still respond in love. We thank you, Lord, that you protect and comfort us when we go through seasons of fear and doubt, when we go through seasons of suffering and pain, you are with us, Lord, protecting us and guiding us. Thank you, Lord, that you bestow faith, grace, and favor in our lives as well, that you are ultimately leading us to yourself. And that's our greatest joy and greatest hope that we can look forward to in this world. I pray that we be a people who are reminded that we are sheep, that we are people who need you to guide us, need you to lead us and provide and care for us. I pray for those who have heard this message, may they be encouraged by your love for them. And I pray for those who do not know you as shepherd, may they lay down their pride and trust in you as Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.